Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got it in. He's got it in. Taylor Siddle's got a hat trick on his birthday. Go on. Go on. Go on. Welcome back. Uh, we're here. Two slips in a gully. Ashes are over. We can all go back to our normal sleep patterns. Once we've listened to this podcast late at night. Um, <laughs> no, I, it's not necessarily late at night. I, no, I think we're a late night podcast. I think we've got that kind of... <laughs> Easy listening. Five, yeah, Just, you when know, you tuck the kids into like, bed. Yeah, yeah. Just treat yourself. We double figures, by the way, too, guys. This is episode 10. We're, you know, we're officially big time. Yeah, and triple sure. figures for the amount of listeners. <laughs> nearly, nearly hitting 200. We didn't, we didn't raise our bat for our 100. Yeah, you know, well, we, it's no longer a hobby. It's I now know. a fully-fledged podcast. Yeah, it, was, it was a little bit going on. Like, you know, it was like one of those games where you knew you had to get a double, you know. Yeah. Um, so this week, uh, in, in light of the ashes being done, we're going to name our 11s for the best players in this series. Oh, we, we were talking about some of the, uh, the sort of constraints to put on it. I, I feel like it's going to be hard to pick between... Pick four fast bowlers, you know, the four really good fast bowlers, and put them into threes. I, think it's I suppose gonna... that's going to be one of the talking points. Who do you leave out of yeah, that cartel? I think the interesting thing about this is that we've got so many bowlers that you could pick for that team, but really outside of, say, Stokes and Smith, none of the batsmen have demanded that they get picked. So there's, especially your openers, you know, there's. Probably, there's at least one of those openers that you'd pick because you have to pick a second opener. So yeah, it's been yeah. interesting. It's a um, it's a series of mixed fortunes of some of these players, and so it's, yeah, it makes pick, picking an eleven difficult. I'm just picking all bowlers. Picking just, all bowlers. Just one to eleven. Probably. <laughs> we'll probably bat better than Warner. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go on. We'll talk about the wash up of the test as well and. Captaincy, I don't know. There'll be plenty of talking points oh, that yeah. will come up. Hundred percent. So yeah, all that coming up. Go! A really mind-boggling decision at the beginning of this test, which I know we don't like to say that the 
toss of the coin decides the outcome in a test match, but I feel this one is right up there with Ponting at Edgebaston and Nasser Hussain at the Gabba. Tim Payne wins the toss. It's captaincy 101, though, really, isn't it? And uh, bowls first. And what does what Ian Chappell say? You win the toss, you think about bowling first, you think about it, you think about it, and then you bat first. Yeah, I think it's like some of the pitches you just don't even worry about about it. You just bat first. This, this series wasn't even approaching a series where there was going to be a wicket where you just be like, we bowl first. It's just you, you needed to go for bat first as an option. But like you say, as you know, you're talking the, the, like the logic behind it was um, was like what you were talking about. Well, see, this is what really concerns me about that. So, leading into this test, all of the word coming out of both camps is that um, it's the pitch was looking a bit flat. Mitchell Marsh got selected for this test, which you know I'm sure we'll talk about in just a moment. But they were picking Mitchell Marsh on the one hand to manage the workload of Pat Cummins, who was bold incredibly well and bowled a lot of overs over these four, this test series so they were looking at bringing in Mitch Marsh the other thing they wanted to bring in Mitch Marsh for was because they were looking at that pitch and going it's looking like a bit of a road we might need that extra score, that extra bowling yeah, well, option both teams did that yeah. Sam Curran and, and that's the big yeah. thing to me is that they um, like and then, and then every, Payne, all, the, all the indicators pointed towards it we're being, going to be batting long in this series. We're going, we're going yeah, to be... It's going to be top order is going to be batting a long time. It's going to be a, str- a struggle and to bowl. The, and then for Tim Payne to turn around and just be ignoring was, everyone's advice, the selector's advice, the coach's advice, his, his own players probably largely to extend his advice, he just went off his own bat and did what he wanted to do and basically said to the top order, the, top, the, top, the first two batsmen in the team, I don't trust you to do I, anything. I don't think it's that. Tim Payne came out and said... Um, when asked about it, that he's not very good at reading a pitch. Well, um, I think he was sucking in. Captain of Australia, yeah, man. that's like, that's inexcusable. I almost, I almost swore then. But that day one, <laughs> that day one wicket did have a, a small layer of grass on there, and it was grass that didn't really have any impact in the way the ball played because by the time he got halfway through the the middle session, it had basically done the damage it was going to do. And I think Tim Payne actually got sucked in by that that um, that green that greenish tinge to it, and then sort of had maybe some nightmares about Broad and Archer ripping through the top order and then thinking that he's lost the game. If he bats first, he could end up losing the game in half a session if Australia don't get off to a good start. Well, Tim Payne so, should know what a green pitch looks like. He, you know, he's from Tadir. Yeah, I, I just, he's from Tadir. I don't see the reason with all of the heart, like all the work they've put into managing Cummins and bringing in um, Mitch Marsh and then you look at England and England are bringing in two all-rounders for... They drop... They drop um, Jason Roy and Craig Overton are bringing two all-rounders. So England are loading up on the all-rounders to strengthen their bowling stocks. I just don't get why you would bowl first other than Tim Payne was spooked by that layer of green and thought, if I get this wrong and bat first, Warner and Harris have had a pretty scratchy start to this series. We could end up being four or five down in the first session and, and I could have lost this game that, But that's my point as well, one. is that like, Tim Payne made his decision in a vacuum as far as I'm concerned because he has to now turn around and he's going to at least have to play with Davey Warner come this summer series and he's going to have to front up and say yeah, sorry mate I didn't really back you there did I you're not just dealing oh, with the emotional like, you know just blank face decisions you're dealing with people as well and you're just sitting but, there and you're saying I don't trust you and by extension you're sitting there and like you know re- reality was what it was and he, they didn't score very high in the top order you're sitting there and you're saying I don't trust you Mars I don't trust you Steve you, you, like these are players that you're dealing with these, these guys that you know you've picked a team selectors have picked a team coaches picked a team like I say he's just turned his back on the entire administration of Australia yeah, as far as I'm saying just have. on the spur of the moment thing. Well, I think he was looking 
I think it's a bit too pronged. There was obviously concern about protecting the top order. But I think he was looking at the other side. If this is a green top, my bowlers have ripped through their top order pretty quickly as well. I think that's I, I entirely could, the wrong mentality, though. 100%. 100%. Like, like you say, like you say at, best, at, best, the term on at best you had a whole session and you need to take at least five wickets in those sessions to yeah, justify your, absolutely. Pick, your selection. Like, it's your not choice. the right call. He's made the wrong call and... He, he made that call because he's like, oh, well, if we get out, I'll look stupid. Yeah. I'm like, you can't do that. You can't be thinking it's, that it's mentality. It's literally flying in the face of 150 years worth of cricket Do I make a call like that because that's just, like, everyone's batted first. Yeah, what situation. I want to know is, like, if, if they... If they see uh, Dave Warner get out for a duck in that fourth test and they get on the phone and they go, Joe, Joe, get over here. I, you know, I was saying Boo Earns the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> but he, if he comes over and he's, he's opening the bang, does Tim Payne then bat first? I think he would. Yeah, because he doesn't have protector. We spoke about this in the last podcast. I, I raised that question... Do you pick Dave Warner? Everything coming out of the, the Cricket Australia camp is that, um, especially from Justin Langer, is Dave Warner's got their support. Ricky Ponting's come out and said that he's a lock for the first test, which I think is outrageous that you would call him a lock. It flies in the face of all the people that actually earn their spots in the side. He's had 10 innings where he's scored over 15 once, and this guy is a lock for your next test. That is absurd. But it speaks yeah. back to but that whole. If you're going to have that, if you're going to have that confidence in your batsman, why not just say to him, Dave, mate, you can't hit broad off the square. He has got your number. We need to win this test, and you haven't shown anything in eight innings that makes me think that you are going to get over this phobia short broad. Sit this one out. We're going to pick Bancroft, so we've got a left right handed combination, and see where that goes. At worst, Bancroft stuffs up, scores less than twenty. You're in the same spot you were when you, if you had picked Dave Warner. I just, I don't get it. We've just sent Dave Warner out as a lamb to the slaughter. He, it's, it's not like Broad was bowling heap of stuff and he was getting like screamers caught where you know you're expecting that to be dropped or you know he's inside edging onto his pads which then rolled onto the stumps. Like it's not been a run of bad luck for Dave Warner. Broad has legitimately had his number. And Warner hasn't looked even close to turning that around, and we've just trotted him out there again. And lo and behold, Broad's cleaned him up twice. Hundred um, percent. Yeah, I just I can't see why, if your confidence is that high in Dave Warner that you are going to run him into the home summer, just go, Dave. Look, just run the drinks for this one. Let's hide you from Stuart Broad for this game. You've just, you, you, you've had it, mate. You can't. The story's been yeah. written before. You just you just say, you know, Dave Warner's preparing for the summer of cricket. Sending him home early, whatever else. Like at the end of the day, like you say, there was a lot more. They, they didn't hold a lot of importance on winning this test, obviously, because like the decisions from go to low, the selections, the you know, like I don't know, I don't know if it was like, it wasn't important. I actually think that they overthought it. I, I think they desperately wanted to win this. Like, yeah, they were happy they had the Ashes. They had it as a bit of a security blanket that no matter what happened, it was mission accomplished. But it's been 18 years since we've won in England. Yeah. Like they wanted to win this game, and I think oh, they just they made They celebrated it. too early. Like, I don't think we should have gone crazy when, when we got 2-1 up. I think arguably don't, that's Don't right. celebrate then. Save your big celebration for when you win the Series 3-1. Yeah. Or I think arguably that's happened in, what happened in England, though, as well, when they went 1-1. Yeah, exactly. Like they had, you can tell they celebrated hard after that. It was, it was yeah. the ultimate. Like, you know, we all love those compilations of people who celebrate too early. 
But this was like a week too early. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, yeah, this, right. wasn't, this wasn't the guy in the speed skating put his arms up and the guy coming through. You've seen that one, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. 100%. What's his name? Stuart <laughs> Bodbury? Oh, no. Stephen Bradbury. Yeah, we all love oh. Stephen Bradbury. Okay. I think there was there was definitely wasn't a Bradbury moment in this one. We no. no, like, we've spoke about it after every test, at what a spectacle this series has been. And I actually think that this test was the least spectacular test. England had our number from basically lunch. Lunch on day one, it was England's test, and they just went on with it. But even then, I think mm. three hundred runs, like given the state of things at a, like you know at, at a certain point in that in that first day, I think we would have taken three hundred runs, kind of thing. Yeah, we, Going we, from we, there, we fought back at the end, but really that was probably the end of day end of day one when Mitch Marsh ended up with four wickets, and we sort of had a mini collapse from England. That was the last time Australia even looked like they were in the ascendancy. England were all over us when we went out to bat. Had a massive first innings yeah, lead. Yeah, I, I think they got ahead. I got. I think they got ahead on the second day, and just they didn't get any further ahead, but they just kind of maintained that lead. Yeah, it just they got to a point after after they got us out for day two, and that's where they were, and they just sort of they just comfortably cruised from there. They just yeah. went out, batted sensibly, put on. Way too many runs for us to chase. Our bowlers did a fantastic job. I'm not taking anything away from them. Yeah, but yeah. Um, we our batsmen didn't do their jobs and gave up too much of a head start. No, we're basically oh, Smitty had a little look, you, you can't put it all on the bowlers, too, because our fielding was horrendous. Yeah, that's what it was. We like, just, catches win matches. It's, like it's I the say, old, oldest adage in the game. Yeah, you know, it's it's that's what happens when you pick these kind of more veteran players. I guess, like, Peter Settle has shown that his, his application oh, for fielding for shit, a very long gosh. time... Has not quite been there. Steve Smith had a couple of blunders in the field. There's a few guys. Like, it's not down to Marcus one Harris dropped at the beginning of the second innings. We we take that catch. We take 90 runs off England's score. We get Denley out for yeah. for nothing. Different like, game. We almost win that. But we didn't. And England, again, that was probably another really big moment in, in this uh, game. Even and on day it, one, with that, that one that Siddle could have swallowed, you know? Like, yeah. how many... Like... These are professional athletes. They they practice those ones, you know, how many times? They do a hundred before hundred of those long catches before they even start the day. Tim Payne's one where he just sort of plucked it straight in front of Dave Warner's face. Dave Warner swallows that. Literally, it's right in front of his well, face. I think that's poor positioning. Too. Yeah. That's, 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 it was, just... that's what was really weird about it. It was well within Payne's reach because he didn't even need to go two hands with it. He went with one. But... It was right in front of Dave Warner's eyes. He took it. And I think they they got their their, their slip positioning has been really good for this yeah, whole series. And yeah, that was I mean the commentators went on about how how good of a series Payne's had with the gloves. Really, I mean I, honestly, you know, yeah, it's been through a few sessions. Like keeping's a full time job. I think Payne's for many... the most part is still it's still not being discussed at ball to ball. I think that's the big thing, big measure of a keeper is that. There have been some ordinary moments keeping, but you know it's a full time job, and I guess you know you slack. I remember lots of moments where he's dropped the ball. England's a tough place to keep, and you know wobbling after the bat. Payne's done a. Payne was kept better than Bearstow. Oh look, yeah, yeah. See, if you want him as a specialist keeper, and he only has to average thirty to, you know, to impress us with the bat, that's fine. But he's got to keep better than that. You can't, you can't be dropping catches, and I, I can think of two or three that he dropped. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, do you reckon that comes down to him having a lot on his plate, though, as well? Being the, being the skipper? And yeah, that? maybe. Maybe. Because he, like, um, it's got to be tough. And I think that's the big reason why. I, I do like Tim Payne, but, uh, you know. I think, I think that's the big reason why there's not been a lot of prevalence of keeper captains kind of thing, as well as, you know, like, keeping's a big job. It's, you know, you've got to be on the yeah. ball every single time. You're almost like the fielding captain. And I think, captain I think it's a pretty interesting point from well, the, the whole series where he's sitting there and he's saying, well, you know, I don't want, like, I don't want to do the DRS anymore. It's just like, it's kind of mind boggling that he actually has to think about that as well as think about keeping. Like, it's just so much crap you got to do. And that's when you, like, even when you're batting, you, you talk about like, you know, just being a batsman as a, as a captain. It's quite easy to compartmentalise batting. But, you're out in the field the whole time. You've got to worry about field settings to every ball, plus keep the ball, plus figure out, you know... Like, just it's just... I just, I it just Payne's had his moments in this series where he's shown that he's quite a capable tactician, and then he's had others where he hasn't. Mm, I think it's, a, it's yeah. been a very... It's been a, a, an up-and-down series for him as a captain. What really concerns me, though, is all the things that make captaincy tough nowadays for a captain. Do I review this or not? Identifying whether or not a pitch is a bat first or ball first pitch. Those are things that you have to be good at as a captain. And and Tim Payne isn't good at them, and he's self admittedly not good but at I'm, them. But I'm, so, like, I'm sorry yeah. though, but that like the, you talk about the DRS review thing, like that is uh, like I will say we've alluded to this the whole time this series has been on. But that like they have been umpiring two different games every single innings. Absolutely, it's to the point where it's beyond a joke. Like they're sitting there and everything is looking slightly ugly that Australian players in front of they're putting the finger up. But then you've got exactly the same thing. And we've seen red lines the whole time. So you can understand why Tim Payne... Like, Tim Payne might have started this series yeah, with young... confidence, but he is, his confidence has been rattled beyond belief because it's just yeah. every time he thinks it's out, it's not out. So he's just like, well, I might as well just use my reviews because everyone else is doing it. That just seems to be his approach. And it's the wrong approach, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, I can completely understand why he's just lost his... But it's, lost his but confidence in that the umpiring has certainly contributed to that and even with the change of umpires I still feel they're far more prepared to give a, a dismissal out when an Australian's batting they're preferred to go with the not out call if it's an Englishman batting which obviously then with umpires call is makes things a lot more difficult but but Tim Payne, like you said, has been rattled by that. And these are the jobs that to be a successful test captain, you need to be able to do. I love Tim Payne for what he's done. He's been handed the hardest gig in 100%. world cricket since the, since World Series cricket for Australia. Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like the job of being a casual teacher at school. Oh, yeah. You know everyone's going to play. Well, he, he's, he's, <laughs> but the, pro- the problem is he's no longer the casual teacher. He's the casual teacher who's taken on the full-time job yeah, for three series now. The like, come in for maternity leave and then the, the teachers come back. And then so, yeah, so, so, well, suddenly the teacher's not just said, I'm not going to come back. I, I like not working too much. and So suddenly he's stuck with a job. Yeah. And then now it's like, like, like and that, that's the point. Like, that's the next all, real all point. All of a you're drinking at recess. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 guess, I guess the next big point, though, is that Tim Payne's, you know, his his days are certainly he's, he's got fewer days ahead of him than what he's than what he's had. He's been a brilliant wartime captain for Australia. Like I said, hardest gig that an Australian captain's walked into since World Series cricket. He's not only has yeah. he had to piece together the Australian cricket team since back together since we've lost opening bats, two opening batsmen, and the best batsman in the world. Not only has he lost them, he's got to put them back together. And the first series he runs into is an away series in the subcontinent. Then he's got to deal with the best test team in the world coming to Australia. Yeah. So it hasn't even been some easy beats that he can sort of That's just true. work his way into it. He's mm. had to not only has he had to piece this team together without two of its best players in un, like against good opposition in foreign conditions. He's also had to rebuild Australia's public image. We've 
been torn to shreds by our own media, by the foreign media, by ex-players, by the public. Everyone is just appalled with what's happened. And he's had to go and not only try and win games because we're Australia and we expect to win games, but he's also had to do it while winning the hearts of the public back. Tough I, I think the and fact he has that done he's a- not a screaming wreck... After yeah. having that thrust upon him. And like I say, that's... You know, that's he, still, he, he still takes it with good humour. 18 know, months like. ago, he was going to work for Kookaburra. And then he's yeah. like, come play for the Ashes for us because, you know, you're the, probably the best keeper going around. And then six months after that, he's the captain of the of the, yeah. the country. He couldn't even get a job for... He couldn't even bat for Tasmania 18 months ago. He was going to go and sell cricket bats to kids. Yeah. Or morons like us that want to buy Ricky Pond in Kahuna. Like, I, I would have bought one off him. Yeah. I think he's a good sales. He's a good... Well. Yeah. Like, he... Oh, you would have paid over. Behind the stumps, he's just being practiced in his pitch because that's where he's going. This is where I feel that <laughs> I feel that Justin Langer and the coaching staff are letting Tim Payne down a bit here because now the public's starting to turn on him because he's got obvious captaincy deficiencies. I don't think he hasn't done a lot of captaincy for his state, and you're giving him the top job. He's clearly not comfortable with the DRS. Surely we've figured out people know that he's no good at reading a pitch in. The what 15 I, I 20 year career that he's able to do that, like, like but, I say, but, but he plays is, in Hobart. How many years has he played in Hobart? But if he's got these deficiencies that he's quite happy to tell the media, oh, yeah, I can't read a pitch, oh, I'm no good at the DRS, why are we not giving him the tools to succeed? If you're like, you know what, he, Smith I, can't be captain because we put a ban in, you're the captain. Then we need to put stuff in, like, when we go and inspect the pitch, just go, what do you think? And Tim Payne goes. It's a bit of rolled turf. It looks good to me. And then you go, well, I'm thinking it's probably a bat first one. Like, help the guy out. He's well, doing the hardest job well, in like, like I say, man, Australian I'm, I'm cricket sorry, captaincy history. It's not the hardest job, though. When you're sitting there and you're doing a toss, it's like, it, we, it, we might, like we've just pointed out how simple it is. You sit there and you say, oh, it looks a bit green. You don't sit there and say oh. it looks like it's this long. You know, you basically roll. You, I'm not, you, I'm you, not you, talking you, you specifically. You can roll on the outfield and not have any idea. Like, this is... Like these not are, specifically the oval test. I'm talking in general. This is obviously a concern that Tim Payne's had for a while. He, everyone, if he's telling the media, everyone in the Australian cricket team knows that he can't read a pitch. So, you know, but why don't you just listen to what Justin Langer says? Yeah, he, that's he what I mean. Like, exactly. Why he he gave you one job. Giving him the tools to succeed. It's, it's like it's like him getting handed the shopping list and going down to the shop and then coming back with all candy. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's, it's it's not anyone else's fault that he chose to bowl first <laughs> yeah, on that wicket. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, he like he he stuffed up the oval. I'm not specifically talking the oval, but from the sounds of things, like he's been struggling with this DRS for ages. You know, yeah, hundred like, percent. Like, the DRS thing's the big the big one. He's, he, he's, he's a guy that hasn't. Been a captain, doesn't you know, I'm sure had no captaincy aspirations, and in the time of our biggest need, they've just gone, uh, Tim, it's you, your job. And Tim's like, you guys know I was going to retire like nine months ago. You want me to captain Australia, and He's I don't get to play with Steve Smith. And let's let's just throw it out here at this point. I think as well as you just sit there and say. Like on behalf of us boys and on behalf of most of Australia, I think, like just thank you, Tim. You've done you've, he's done an amazing job. But like I say, his his days as captain are you know there's he's had more days than there are going to be days coming. Like he's probably going to have this series. It, it would not surprise me if the day that Steve Smith's ban passes on becoming a, being able to hold the captaincy, like the day, even if it is mid test, I would I can imagine Tim Payne going, "I'm out, thanks guys." Yeah. Got you in ashes. Keep yeah. the love. And well, then- that's, that's true. We can't overlook the fact that 
We've gone to England. Some very fancy captains. Michael Clark, Ricky Ponting. Yeah, haven't won. Have not won in England. So, yeah, please don't take guy, everyone listening that we're just bashing on Tim Payne here. I'm a massive it's, fan of Tim Payne. It's just that he did so well in and then some does of the things. So and then badly really in made some weird decisions, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like if you just would have um, just kind of kept it simple the rest of the time and just taken the obvious... Well, I, get, I guess yeah. that, that's the yeah. don't the don't ne- overthink it. The next yeah. the next point you got to make though, as well is, like, I guess there's there's two captains in this race, and the next one was Joe Root. So you're comparing him to Joe Root. I think he's had a much better series than what Joe Root's had. Joe Root has. Well, I don't uh, rate Joe Root as a captain. His batting's gone downheel. Like, and like I, we alluded to it a couple of podcasts ago. Like I say, I, I I think it's a genuine option they need to consider now. England is dropping Joe Root as a captain and having him like a Sachin Tendulkar, who is no longer captain, but focuses on being their best batsman. Just sit there as the is the well, whoever's the next coach is comes up and just says, "Mate, your job is to focus on being the best batsman in English cricket again." Absolutely. Don't so, worry so about so being his the captain. primary job. The primary month, the primary thing that the English cricket council or the English cricket board is paying Joe Root to do is score runs. Yeah, and he's not and, doing and it, and he's not doing it. But I think. Like and that's kind and of hasn't you, done it you, since you talk about Shield Broad being um, Dave Warner's bunny. I think Pat Cummins has kind of kind of go down to history as being Joe Root's bunny as well. Hazelwood had a great series against him as well. You, like, mean, yeah. you mean Joe Root's Pat Cummins bunny? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah <laughs> absolutely. But like, you know, you know what I mean. It's just literally yeah, like yeah, he, yeah. he was bowling. He's, he was taking his off stump out of the ground every time he came in for, exactly. for a little while. Yeah, uh, Josh Hazelwood as well to a lesser extent. But I'm I think just thinking like Paddy Cummins when, when you take when you take a guy his boots because Joe Root's coming in with his off. When, when, but when you take a, when you take a guy for a golden duck after you know taking him like bowling him a few times, like you, you definitely like that's the kind of the. The exclamation point moment where it's just like this guy was he was hitting 50s for fun a little while ago he was you know like there was the four blokes there was Kane Williamson there was Steve Smith well sorry Steve Smith we've got to, we've got to go this, do this in order Steve Smith Virat Kohli Kane Williamson Joe Root all, all those three were like kind of on par but then it, now it's just like Joe Root's definitely like Joe he, he's, get, he's getting away from the peloton it's, right it's, now he's it's kind not of, even a big four there is Steve Smith Kane Williamson and Virat Kohli are making up a big two Virat Kohli's probably got a Head and shoulders in front of that as well, and then there's daylight and there's Joe Root. Well, let's rank them properly then, because I, th- I think it's actually Kane Williamson number, number two personally, just purely because uh, every time he he needs to score runs for that New Zealand team, and it doesn't matter so much if Virat Kohli scores runs. I don't know. Virat Kohli's got twenty six test hundreds, and Kane Williamson's only got twenty. Um, I did see a thing. I did see a thing. I, I, I don't know. Kane Williamson. I didn't realize this, but Virat Kohli's not scored any runs in this Ashes, so how can he possibly so, be any good? <laughs> <laughs> So if not Joe Root, then who? Who for England, do you think? As captain? Do you think Ben Stokes can be their captain? No. Probably not no. after what happened in Bristol. Um, well, he's their vo- current vice-captain at the moment, so oh, really? he would... I just think going on pure track record, like when was the last time that an all-rounder was a captain, and a successful captain of a team in recent history? Uh, maybe Sean Pollock. He was, a, like, he wasn't dominant, but okay. Uh... Hang on. Shakib Halasan is the current well, captain. Well, we've of currently got Jason Holder captaining West Indies. Yeah, Indy. Jason Holder's the captain of the West Indies. Uh, I mean, they're not successful. Jason Holder's doing a good so job, got, but his but, team. But for me personally, so you've got Shakib Halasan, Jason Holder. These guys are throwing down. Like they're, they're filler overs. Jason Holder's a good, like a good tight bowler, but he's not part of the he, game he's plan. He's the guy who bowls into the wind. Shackball Hassan's kind of he, he just he just bowls his tweakers and sees how they sees how they go. It's not, it's not they're not building big game plans around these guys. Whereas 
Ben Stokes bowls a lot, and I, I see his workload going no, down no, a lot. If, if he captains himself, Holder and Alassane would bowl more than Ben Stokes does for sure for those teams. Yeah, hundred percent. But at the same time, they're just you know their their job's pretty simple. It's just Jason Holder's that tight line guy who just bowls. A certain like speed. He's a, holding he's, like... he's, he's a holder. He's <laughs> generally a holder. Hold my name and hold my nature. Um, I, uh, I'd have to go and find it, but I saw a, a post put up on um, uh, about the the best eleven in Test cricket by taking in the leading run scorers and leading wicket takers. And Jason Holder in for 2018, 2019, it might have been. Jason Holder's averaging fifty five and low twenties. Like Jason Holder is for this. Like yeah. Jason Holder has become a. He's not just a. Oh, I'm just going to hold up an end while the other guys do it. Jason Holder's legitimately. I'm a, not saying a, he's holding a up. Large, I'm just, I'm a just large chunk of that attack. His job's quite simplified, and it'd be the same with Shackleball Simon. Just he's literally no grass style. Just hold yeah. and like the, the the product of him being quite good at what he does, which is just being that miser. Yeah, like you say, the grass style kind of that. Guy who just bowls that that niggling pace, which is just you know niggling line, niggling pace, which is just gonna you know it's, it it holds the job, and the byproduct of that is that he takes wickets because of that. So I think we have found the answer. Uh, England need to get Jason Holder to be captain. Like I say, I, I, I think those guys are the exception rather than the rule. And I think when you got Ben Stokes, who is a guy whose his job is to just slam the ball in really quickly. I can see that being like Freddie Flintoff's stint at captain. Yeah, I don't think Ben Stokes is going to not answer. bowl himself as much. Um, so who else is the option? You could you could maybe go with Johnny Bairstow, but like, well, I think they're in the same position as Australia. They, they, that's kind of their problem is they don't he, really have any standout. He's got the face for a captain. <laughs> Joss Butler is another. I don't think that like what, what we've seen out of this is they're they're red. They don't have any red ball specialists in their middle order. So you could quite easily conceive that um, Bairstow and Butler could be dropped on form. Yeah, because they're, yeah, they're exactly. inconsistent. So because you need you need your captain to be a sure pick. And at the moment, Bairstow and Butler have not proven themselves. So Joe Root is definitely in your top six batsmen in the country. He's, he's oh, not for doing sure. great, but he's still going to make that side easily. Yeah, yeah well, he averaged 40-odd yeah. this year well, and having a pretty... One thing Steve year. Smith proved is that there's not a lot of good test batting out there at the moment because he oh. made up the test runs for this year in four games or I three games. I stick sorry. with him, but yeah, you're right. It's because there's no one banging down the door. But like I say, I think is that is that that's doing a bit of an injustice to Joe Root though as well, is because like he, I think he should. He, I think he's earned the right now to be like, if, if England want to get back to being a good Test team, they need him scoring runs, and mm. the best way for them to do that is to take that captaincy burden well, off him. Is there really a reason why they don't pick bowling captains? You know, like. I think it's an emotive thing. I think it's always yeah. been kind of that emotion where it's like, but you know, but this is just from like a park cricket level where like the logic's always been that if you're a bowler and you you captain, you might bowl yourself out of a, out of a slump, or you might not bowl yourself as much. There's like kind of two extremes to the thought I think of it. There's a couple yeah. of other things too. If you're a fast bowler, typically what you do is you bowl your over and you go high down at fine leg to recuperate between overs. It's really hard to captain a team yeah, from fine leg. Same thing. Um, you know. Typically, over history, fast bowlers have been pretty poor fielders, so they haven't actually been able to field in the slips or in the rings. So and when it's not their spell, they've still, you know, out of the way. Um, I know War- it's not. What's Warner's excuse then? Because he was a pretty poor slip fielder, but he managed to park himself in <laughs> he there. He was not fast enough to go and field anywhere else. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not that it's so much the rule now. There are plenty of fantastic athletes as bowlers, but I think that's you know, cricket, especially Test cricket, has been really traditional and traditionally. Fast bowlers don't get it for some of those reasons. It's difficult to manage a side with the, the 
The work you have to do as a bowler. I, I think it's overblown. I think if you can do it as an all-rounder, you can do it as a bowler. Especially if you're a spinner. Yeah. Like, I... I yeah, look, I think it's I, more I think traditional Nathan than it is. Lyon could make a good captain for us. I mean, probably not now because he's still did, he's now working out his you know. Did Daniel Vittori have a long stint captaining? Uh, I feel like he had quite a long stint, and he he, he was, he was probably bowl. the last real bowling captain that I could. He, he was the last like, real man of cricket. Like <laughs> no, that so, sorry, <laughs> we haven't actually touched on this, but I, I think the the last real man of cricket is still going around, and that's Rangana Harath. And we should really brush on that that double <laughs> that double hat trick he took the other day. Rangana Harath, or you mean um, Lassif? Lassif Malinga, sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah well, yeah. sorry, they're the same body. I think I'm thinking dad bods, but yeah, yeah Lassif yeah. Malinga, the, man, the like, how, how good was that? But sorry, yeah, that, that's a bit of a digression. <laughs> Within a digression, because we're actually talking about captaincy of England. So, um, um, yeah, I just think, yeah. In, in summation, Joe Roberts probably going to keep the captaincy of England, but. I think it's going to be hurting yeah. England in the short term. They need like their next job should be to find a genuine captain. Well, moving forward out of this test, Australia looking forward has got two openers they need to fill. Yeah. Um, a number five they need to fill. Yeah. Uh, and they've got to pick who obviously they're going to be their third quick. I think. I think the reality yeah. is England moving forward's got to find. Well, they need to put. A, they need to put. They need to find an opener. Yeah. Um, because Joe Denley is not the answer at opener. So they need to put an opener on lay-by. He, I think might, Bert, stay, he might stay in the team. Well, Denley will stay there, but he's 33, 34 oh, this really? year. So his career's... What an yeah. old bastard. So they need to put, it, they need to put an, an opener on lay-by. I think Burns <laughs> has done enough that he's going to hang around for a while. Yeah. He, Like I said, he's got that technique that doesn't look pretty, but he just seems to make it work. So And he's had a, he's had a good series. Um, they need a number three, because Root clearly is not the answer at number three. He's... He's too exposed, especially with the fact that they haven't got a, uh, um, well. Denley and Burns have those sort of technical deficiencies where they get in, they're going to make runs. But if they don't, you could see them on their way pretty quick. Um, Stokes will bat at five, so you know four and five pretty sewn up. I'm not sold on that Bearstow Butler, so they're probably the best at the moment. That they're probably. They should be looking at making sure those are the right ones. And Bairstow had a good series with the gloves, though. Yeah, Can you but Butler that? is also a keeper, so, so it's interesting. and arguably a better wicket keeper. It's, it's an interesting comment you make, though, because you, you say you say Bairstow's is that is that on the basis that Bairstow's not a natural keeper? Because yeah, I remember a lot more poor things from him than I remember from Tim Payne. But he he, he didn't. I can't remember him dropping any catches. He missed, he missed hey. two, three stumpings. I think I remember in that series as well. The, f- the second innings. Oh, well, he was, I, I wasn't watching. <laughs> the, the, sec- the second innings. He he, he, t- he had one in his, like, on the leg side. To be fair, it was a diving catch, but he spilled out. Oh, his yeah, hands that was, that was really his runs. I think that was like the first ball. It was the first yeah. ball, second ball. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, this is like keeping. I, I, I just kind of I must have not seen those and I just saw his um, his work getting minus love to show you that was quick you, you, you like it Johnny Best so you, you're um, just picking the good stuff out for him I know <laughs> yeah I'm, cher- I'm cherry picking him I guess because yeah. you don't really you don't really well, care feel, about the English I, I feel position sorry for him like anyone who succeeds with that kind of face I mean it's oh. just what if Johnny Best was up against used all the time <laughs> a face that only yeah where's Munzee <laughs> um, so moving forward from Australia I think for me personally and, and there's I'm not going to admit there's a bit of emotion in this but if I was Justin Langer I'd be going Dave you dropped Marcus you dropped Travis you dropped but it's not it's not even that it's, uh, to, to my, it's to you want to come and play for the Gabba 
Score runs and shit. <laughs> no, all, all I'd say is just literally end of a set, end of a series, guys. Here's the wash up. Yeah. Every position except for Labashane, Smith, and let's say let's bowlers. say let's say two bowlers and a, and a spin bowler. So I think Wade's done enough to get home somewhere. Any people that you would say? But, see, to my point, this and this is my personal opinion is you can sit there and say Wade scored two centuries. The second century is good, but at the same time, it's a century that was, there was a lot of pressure off him because there's just so many guys falling around him. Don't get me wrong, it's still a century, so it's amazing. And so two centuries definitely is a tick for Wade. But I just I don't understand the logic behind we'll drop Travis Head. Because I think arguably he's had just as many important knocks in this series. Yeah, we've he's still got that problem of not converting no. his scores into big scores. Travis Head had two decent knocks we at did, the beginning we, we of the did, series. We don't win the first test without Travis Head. Yeah, so he's had two decent knocks at the beginning of the series and has been... So if by that logic, he's won as many tests as... Well, he's won more tests than Matthew Wade has in this series. No, Steve Smith has won more tests than, than well, Matthew Steve Wade Well, Steve Smith's got to bat with someone. He, he, at the end of the day, there's got to be two yeah, guys and, and batting. And he's had him. far more time batting with Matthew Wade than he has with Travis Head. Travis Head, I agree with you. Travis Head had but some he, fine knocks at the beginning of the series, but from uh, it's all from good, Lords onwards, it's all good batting with a guy and knuckle dusty in the end and get, being good mates. But at the end of the day, you've got to win tests. And like I say, yeah. I think to sit there and say of all the batsmen that you could have dropped in that series, say Head was the Travis right call. Head. head was the right. Head was the right call objectively, but at the same time, there are guys in that lineup that weren't performing. And sit, to sit there and say, "Sorry, Trav, you suck," what are, when there's guys that suck far worse than he did. Like well, it's, who, it's just a massive. But we didn't block. have any other openers to pick, so your your options were essentially head or Wade. That's who you had to drop. You weren't going to drop Marcus Harris or Dave Warner to bring but I'm Mitchell Marsh. I'm, I'm just saying, like you, you're 100 right. If you're going to sit there and say he's Harris a and Warner were the players, head's done exactly the same kind of head, thing. but he hasn't. Wade scored two hundreds. Yeah, but runs are runs. You, you, the, I, 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 yeah, I, I I've got to agree. Sorry, I'm going to have to take a side here. Um, I think the game is still live when when Wade scores that hundred. Like, the game was still live. Yeah, you've got to, school, you've got to the, remember the that Wade's coming still... in after Head gets out half that time as well. Yeah. So in that in that last innings, in the whole series. But oh, sorry, but I don't, I don't, to Glenn's point is that the game was still live when Head scored that. Yeah, he came, he came when out, when, he came, he came out after Labuschagne got stumped, right? Because that was the third wicket. So and then Smith was still in, so he comes in. With Smith still there, so... Yeah, when Wade came to the crease, know, like, it was, we were still, uphill, but the yeah, game was still alive. We were still in, look at with this, a chance of winning that test. We keep getting into, sorry, yeah. is we've got plays that have runs on the board, and we haven't picked them. We dropped two Centurions from the last test for Bancroft and Harris, who have done nothing. Yeah. We've had Burns and Patterson, who played test cricket for Australia most recently, and converted those scores into hundreds... And we've dropped them. And the same thing, we're like we're waiting for these guys to well, not so not, not so much Travis Head, but they just weren't even in the conversation. Yeah, like Head's an exception. Head's come off some runs. I'm happy for Head to be thereabouts, but he really tapered off as long as that series went on. I just think, um, honestly, Harris, I think, is gone. Harris is gone, and Warner is going to be a lock because it's Dave Warner, and he has 20 first class, 21 Test hundreds to his name. So Dave Warner will be there. But he shouldn't be. He should be told you're you're dropped. And that's the big issue. Like I, I'm not personalising this in the sense that I'm going to sit here and say Travis Head compared to Matthew Wade is dudded because at the end of the day, runs are runs, and 
Matthew Wade scored more runs than Travis Head. But like I say, you're sitting there and you're isolating these blokes. Well, it's, saying it's that he's, awesome. he, he's going to score 200s in a series and you're talking about him potentially not playing the next series. In a series where the bat was dominated by the well, ball that, for the whole series, that, that you're going to pick, drop circle. a guy that's... That, that brings me full circle. Like I'd sit there and you say, you're saying that these positions are locked. I'm saying there's two positions in that batting lineup that are locks. And... The only reason that Marnus Labuschagne is a lock is because he scored 50s in this series and he still hasn't converted those 50s to 100s. In an ideal world, you'd be sitting there and saying, well, a guy scoring 50s, like Shane Watson, there was a point there where we were saying that Shane Watson was good enough as an opener because he was only scoring 50s and not turning them into 100s. But so you're happy to turn for Labuschagne to be a lock despite the fact that he's going no, about I'm, at I'm three. Saying, I'm saying he is a lock in this in this current test batting lineup because there's only two blokes who have done anything in this series I don't disagree I think Labuschagne is a lock but his job at batting at three has got to be to score hundreds that's what we need him to do and, like said, and he's only that's what, that's he's what scored four said that, mate. Is, and is got that, out is that, whereas Matthew Wade is scoring hundreds when he gets in he, he gets scored two hundreds like I say that one that second hundred was by the time he got to a hundred that the test was done so there's, there's something really empowering personally as a batsman Steve Smith's hundreds if you combine everyone else's hundreds together, except for Wade's, they've only scored one more hundred than Matthew Wade in this series. So, out of the 21 other people... But you ask any batsman, mate. Matthew Wade would throw away that hundred and say, get a golden duck as long as they win the test. You don't. It's but, not about scoring that's, individual that's irrelevant. runs. He's went out and scored the hundred. We've got to go, we want people to score runs. We've got a guy that has come back into the team and is scoring runs... He's got two hundreds. He's got the second most hundreds in the series, and we're going. We're talking about dropping him for the home summer. The just best as thing. Side, I've I've gotten the popcorn out. I'm just the, the, <laughs> the, be, the best. The best thing for this for this coming Shield season is to go back and say. And this this is this is the real the real crux of the problem for me is they've sat there and they said Ricky Ponty's come out and said we are going to pick David Warner no matter what for this summer. So he, David Warner can sit back theoretically, and I don't think he will, and I don't think they would allow this, but he's going to sit back and just say, I'm not going to play the Shield season because I'm, I'm a lock for the tests because they've just said, we're, not going, we're going to pick him no matter what. But like I say, they could just sit there and say, like a, you know, all positions are open. Everyone needs to go out and score runs yeah. because at the end of the day, no, this is a test team, mate. You need, to, you, need to, you need to go out there and just say, you know, I've got to put my best foot forward in the shield. Sure, I scored some runs. Sure, I scored fifty runs back in the day when nothing. We went, you know, when it was like the start of the test or whatever. This is right now. You've got to go into a shield right now, and all these guys have got to keep scoring runs. The three of us have maintained that Joe Burns was dudded because he was a centurion in his last test, but we're not taking that same that same acceptance of what he's done and applying it to people who are currently in the team. We're all like, Joe Burns should be in this team because he scored 100 the last time he went out and he's been robbed. But now we're talking about Matthew Wade, who has scored 200s in this series, and you're like, he needs to go to Shield and make sure he keeps scoring runs. I'm just... I'm not sure where the consistent... Like, like it's, it's got... Like, there's important times to score runs, and you need those guys to stand up in so those So when everyone lines. else scores less than 30, is not an important time to score 100? Yes, when the test is done, like in that fourth innings, the test but was the done. But the test by the time wasn't done by the time, like it was done by the time he got there because the other batsman hadn't done his jobs. When he got to the crease, the game was still very much alive. I'm sitting there and saying that even ten times that you go out to bat, you score two hundreds. You're in the team for the next series. When there's when there's only one other player in the team that scores a hundred. I think I think at this point we have to ask our viewers who they're with. I think leave us a comment or something. Are you with Aaron? Or are you with Scotty? Um, 
on the Matthew Wade. Yeah, the, for me, there's, there's it's, it's beyond a doubt. I, I think you guys have seen you guys do this before. I'm not. I'm not I saying it's going to go on for about if an you, hour. If you go, this if you go Wade versus if you go I'm saying they both are in the top six at the Gabba. That's my. I'm not saying that Wade's there before Labuschagne. and I'm saying when you're looking at our top six, the top six that are stamped a ticket for the Gabba are Smith, Labuschagne, and Wade. You can't drop Wade after he scored the second most hundreds of I, the last series. I think you absolutely can because I think that at the end of the day they're trying to build a test. How team. do we how do we reward success then if we're just going to go well? Yeah, thanks for all that, but we need like this is like we're giving Dave Warner a go because he's got hundred like hundreds in the bank. Over a year ago, but like I said, mate, like and this, like, this is this is the finest thing that I like because like we like we're going we're going back and forth here. But the, I, I think the best thing they could do is say, for me personally, is Labuschagne and Steve Smith because of their importance in this test series, they're a lock for the team. Everyone else's position is open. Bowlers pick themselves, kind of thing. But the the, the batting positions are just they're all open. So what barring, that, barring those two positions, what that does is that breeds insecurity. Because how do you know if you if, what do you need to do then as a player to secure your spot in the team? You score you a just, lot of shield. Guns. You need to, you need to, you need to have a consistent series, at least one consistent series. So what, well, well, what, what you're saying is that Wade should have come up with a couple of fifties to throw in with those two. Yeah, yeah, it's it's all good getting two hundreds. Like I say, hundreds are very important. Test hundreds. There are guys that go their whole career without scoring test he, hundreds, but. You need to be, yeah. You need to be getting contributions the whole time. He was a massive contributor to our last Test win because he mainly ended up with thirty or forty, but he batted for ages with Steve Smith while he scored all those runs. What we've always done is we've had continuity. It's always been that old adage: the Australian cricket team has been harder to get out of than get into, and that's because players. But I think that's the problem. We've got Mitchell Marsh stuck in this Test team because it's it's harder to get yeah. out of the Test team or the Test. Lot set up but than it is to we, get that's into why it. we need to be rewarding players that do a good job by giving them that same backing that we're going to give people like Mitch Marsh like if we're going to we're ha- unhappy that Mitch Marsh got a whole career where he was stop start and never actually got in but we're happy to no, we're happy, happy that he got, a, that he got a massive run in that test yeah. there was a very long time where he was advocating consistently a guy that <laughs> scored 200 he scored in 10 innings uh, exactly in 10 innings like I say, this is we were up Shane that's Watson, arguably the arguably one of Australia's innings, best all-rounders. That's an average of one hundred every five innings, which is better than Ponting, Sangakara, Tendulkar, Lara. Oh, so, so, so you're going to sit there and say that Matthew Wade's on that level now but, as well you're saying, after one series? No, you're saying that oh, it's been ten innings or just, matches. I'm just looking at this holistically. I'm just looking at the. I I think personally that Marnus Labuschagne is. Like if if you if you point this down to a points decision, it wouldn't even be. It's not. Close a, it's not. Thing. Wade or Labuschagne. It's Smith is in. Labuschagne's in. Wade is in. I just don't think that's true. Look, no, all no. I'm saying is that I think that Matthew Wade. It's Matthew Wade's spot to lose. He needs to play himself out of a test spot. If he comes in and does a decent job at Shield Cricket, doesn't necessarily have to score hundreds, but comes out and looks like he's in form. The, the gig's his. If he comes in and just messes it up. He plays himself out of a spot, then he gets dropped. Whereas I think Dave Warner, Marcus Harris, and Travis Head need to play themselves back into a spot. Less so with Head, but still lean return on that series. And you've got plenty of middle order batsmen like Curtis Patterson in the wing. So they come in and have a cracking shield season. They get in. Whereas I think Wade has done enough that he gets the benefit of the doubt. And so long as he just doesn't have a terrible shield season, spots his.
Oh, and, go, Scotty. My, my personal belief is it's very similar to as as well. I just, but I just personally think you've got if you've got five spots in a batting lineup, you can't. You've got you've got the two guys that are that are currently in the best form, and I think that the other three have just got to be open. I think Matty Way is just slightly behind. There's, there's a bit of a chasm between Marcus Labuschagne and Matty Wade, and then Matty Wade's slightly ahead of Travis Travis Head, and then after that, it's just up for grabs. Everything's up for grabs. And throughout that robust debate, I've got to say that um, I got some crackers and some cheese. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you've had enough of listening to us argue about that. So we're going to get in and we'll have a chat about our 11s for this series. Like we'd like to do, all of the media outlets do it, and you know we're a media outlet now. We've yeah, we're we're big in Europe now. Hashtag official. Hashtag official. Uh, We're going to get in and talk about who we think makes our best eleven out of the two sides. Who makes up the best eleven for the Ashes series? I'm going to start. Scott will go next, and um, and then Glenn will finish up with his, and we'll see. We're going to learn from all you guys' mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So um, the openers, I felt, were a really tough one. We had to grind out some rules here. I think the openers were so bad. I was actually asking whether or not I could move players that could open or have opened in various points to move to the opening spot, and I was told no. So I've got the five batsmen that have um, shaped up to open the batting to pick from. So I'm picking Rory Burns as my first opener and Joe Denley as my second. And it pains me to say it because at the beginning of this series, I was like, oh... Burns and Denley, those guys aren't going to do much. We'll roll through those. That's why Root's got a bat at three to protect the middle order because these guys are going to fall over in a heap and I've picked them to start as my opening opening batsman in my 11. And it for the sake of me. sameness, though, as, would your opening batsman have been any different if it wasn't for the fact that opener was a specialist position? I probably would have decided to move Joe Root to open because he has done okay. it before. Well, let's, do that. let's do that for the sake of argument. Because I think no, that's right. right. We can't change rules halfway through. I've made my choice. A team, a team might be a bit, bit sameish, I think, if we do this. Um, so, Denley, even though I only played two tests as an opener, well, one test as an opener. One test? No, two. Two tests as an opener. Gets in. Um, none of the Australian opening batsmen are worth mentioning at all. They were just utter garbage. Unfortunately. Uh, number three, pretty obvious, Manus Labuschagne. He's my number three. Uh, number four is obviously Steve Smith. Can't go past him. One of the best. It's a bit controversial. Though. One of the best series ever. He, he missed three innings, still ended up in the top five runs, top the five tests. ashes. Well, overall, like not, not in an Ashes series, he's also given no. everyone a 212 day head start and is now the leading run scorer in Test cricket. An average well over 100 for the series. Just divine stuff from Steve Smith. Number five is uh, Ben Stokes, hero of Headingley. A lot more to be said. Bowled the arse out of him when Joffre Arch had cramps. And then he had something like nine overs on the trot. Really put his heart and soul into that team. 200 in the series. Gun fielder. You know, picks himself. Now, number six is where things got a little controversial. I'm sure I'm going to get yelled at for this one. Up until the last test, I had Root at five and Stokes at six, but I'm going to go with Matthew Wade, sneaks into my 11 <laughs> for this series. Let's discuss that. We brushed on that earlier. We, we discussed on it before. Uh, the, the, the 200s do it for me. Aim of the game is a batsman to score 100s. I know there was some, some dodge stuff in the middle, I think he pips Joe Root. Joe Root's had a couple of low scores, batting at three. Uh, so he hasn't had the best series either. 
And at number six, so just once, well, once my batsman gets in, ideally my top order are going to do their job, makes the job easy for my number six. He's going to come in, get started, go on and score 100. I like what Wade showed. You know, he was a bit assertive with the bat, attacked the spin as well, used his feet, was aggressive when he needed to, pulled back when he did. So just by a fraction, pips Joe Root for that number six spot. Keeper, I'm going to go with Tim Payne. Both the wicket keepers, to be honest, were not that great. I think Payne definitely had a better series with the gloves, even though he had a couple of couple of mishaps while while keeping. Uh, but I think overall had a better series with the gloves. I think batting wise, there wasn't really a lot between them. They both had starts that they didn't carry on with. And up and Would, down as a captain. Up and down. So well, I mean, arguably, Johnny Bairstow, That that. Well, how many runs did he score at Headingley in the uh, second innings? I think he. I don't know. I'd have to check. I think he's got a couple of knocks in there, but Bairstow also he, he, was batting in th- the middle order. That was an important I think that innings That's changed. He, he, he yeah. woke Benny Stokes up in a lot of ways. Like he, him just kind of getting out there and scoring a runner ball for his innings well, just got got Ben Stokes going a little bit. I think there's arguably he, he had a pretty important he, knock there. He had a good important knock. Um, but, likewise, Tim Payne had a pretty important knock when he scored that fifty. But you, you, you picked the keeper as well. Yeah. So he. If I was picking a middle order batsman, if I wasn't taking keeping into it, I probably would have taken Bairstow out of it. He had probably a, an arguably better series with the bat, but Payne's a better wicketkeeper, and he's batting at seven, so I'm going to go with uh, Tim Payne. Bowlers, this was really difficult for me. Statistics-wise, I'm not sure what you guys are going to do with yours. We haven't actually discussed what our 11s are going to be. This is the first time we're hearing them. It's a grand reveal. Statistics-wise, you pick the four quicks, but... I'm never going to go into a series that has four quicks and a fast yeah. bowling all-rounder. So Nathan Lyon does make the team, which means that uh, one of those really great quicks has got to make way. So my, so obviously I've revealed Nathan Lyon's one of my bowlers, and I'm going Hazelwood, Cummins, and Broad. Archer just misses out for mine with that poor showing at uh, Old Trafford, where you know it was a bit cold and he didn't get up for it. So, and it just tipped the scales in Broad's favour. Broad destroyed left-handers in our lineup. really took the mantle of being that go-to guy to, for Joe Root with James Anderson going down. He ended up with 23 wickets for the series. I think I've, I've used this word a couple of times to talk about how Stuart Broad's role, which was surgical. It was His accuracy in that series was surgical, especially the left-handers. Bowled some just astonishingly good balls. He bowled... The only reason Dave Warner has any runs in this series is because he bowled too well to Dave Warner in that first innings at Headingley. Because if he, he was just moving it too far for Warner to nick it. So he probably picks up Warner. If he just bowls just a fraction less well, he picks up Warner for nearly nothing. He doesn't go on to score that 60. So my, yeah, my bowlers for that are going to be Hazelwood, Cummins, obviously, 29 wickets leading the series, an average under 20. And then Stuart Broad just picks up that last spot just ahead of Joffre Archer. It's a, it's a cracking 11, I think. Yeah, like, by the numbers, that's that's a beautiful-looking 11. Moving on to my one, I personally would have gone... Obviously, yeah, like like you say, the, the two openers are Burns and Denley. Just two guys who... It took England a fair while to realise, but take a bit of shine off the ball and you're going to give yourself a bit better chance of scoring some runs and that's what Denley did for him and I think arguably like if, if you're going to just pick one opener I think Denley was probably the best in a far le- more limited showing I think Denley also worked out really well for Denley that when he decided to, they moved him up to opener probably the two flattest wickets were the wickets yeah, that he got to face so, but even, um, even when he was batting at three he was 
Well, taking the shine. Yeah, yeah he, always, he always had a better... Yeah, he always looked more you. solid. So I, I do think that, yeah, you know, Old Trafford and the Oval were the two that were least conducive yeah, to fast it, bowling, which which worked out for his stats. But regardless, he looked a whole lot more... Yeah. A whole lot more put together than Jason He wasn't, he wasn't clopping Roy. down the wicket like Jason Roy was yeah. to, to stu- play stupid shots, which I think is a massive tick in his, in, in his column. Then, obviously, Marnus Labuschagne, like... This, we, were just, we were just talking about before, but that, that 70 he scored in that second innings when he... Like, it wasn't even... He was just expected to carry the drinks in that game, and he's having to come out and bat yeah. that up and replace the most important player in that series and the most important player in Test cricket at the time as well. You, can't, you couldn't imagine more pressure. Oh, you couldn't dream up... Like, it'd just be like pulling a guy out of the crowd almost to play an innings to replace that guy, and it's just like... That like we've we've done that before. That we, Luke Palmer's back anyway. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. yeah in a yeah, twenty twenty, which we treated as a joke at the time, him, pulled him out of the crowd. <laughs> Brad Hodge like injured himself putting his pants yeah. on, and then Luke Palmer's back was at the game. His girlfriend had to drive home to get his gear. Yeah. And it was, uh, and then it took us about five more years to realise that twenty twenty was actually a big money gig internationally. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we're, we're talking about we're talking about the the, the Coliseum, the cauldron of of like the game of cricket which is test cricket and he had to come in and it was just like I'm sorry but that, that for me personally that's the highlight of the whole series for me is, average is 50 that 70. for the series I'll um, add in there too so you got four obviously I'm thinking that's probably going to be the same for everyone oh yeah <laughs> four, four picked himself I think um, and even if he picked someone else he'd probably still bat instead of them then number five it's you're getting, you're getting down to the brass tacks there but obviously Ben Stokes is just purely on the back end of that like I'd almost I would almost kind of picked a spot for him as an all-rounder but Ben Stokes obviously picked up that injury kind of middle way through that um, probably after Headingley and just like he um, couldn't bowl as much but then he just proved that he's still just as good as a batsman mm. by himself and then see number six I we've, we've just had this big long discussion about Matthew Wade and I probably would have gone on the side of that but I actually think I still personally think like one of the one of the big, really important moments of that Test series, and like I say, it's it's all about moments in Test cricket. It's all about really important stuff. I think Travis Head that thirty five that he got in the first innings there. So you've got Wade and Head ahead no. of Root. I've got yeah, I, I actually do. But, but the only reason I do that as well is I, I qualify that by saying that um, I'd almost go down to the point where um, Joe Root, his position would almost be captain for me as well. Where if you're picking two captains, then I think Tim Payne was still a better captain than him in that series, um, and that's the way I justify it because I want to change up our teams a bit as well, <laughs> a little bit. And I don't think that Joe Root's like I, I don't I didn't think that he had a good series as a captain to the point where like you know I, I think we discussed it in this in the, in the podcast. Yeah, was, that um, he's you know, his captaincy has been his captain his, ca- his, cap- his captaincy is very much up for grabs if there was a slightly more solid test team he's playing under he probably wouldn't be get- keep the captaincy in that then you go down to um, obviously um, Tim Payne you, you pick keeper for keeper like he he was the best keeper of the day and then your bowlers I think personally I'd have Pat Cummins is the first guy picked almost at the level that Steve Smith is in my level of adoration in it in the Australian team for the bowler. He's, he's, he's his bowling equivalent to the batting equivalent. Then you've got uh, Josh Hazelwood, I think, just... And, and just purely because, like we, like we addressed this whole this whole series, I, I just love the fact that he wasn't picked in that first test, comes out in that second test and has got that fire in the, in the belly and says, I don't want to lose this spot again. I want to keep playing test cricket. I'm a test cricketer. 
first and foremost. And that's that's just what his statement was after that for me. And I just I just really love that. And then you've got I'd I'd go in and say like Nathan Lyon. This if like 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 I said before the start of this spin bowling is, is its own position. You can't sit there and say you're picking bowlers. You're picking. You've got to have a spin bowler in there. You've always got to have a spin bowler unless the the deck is the most yeah. seam friendly. But with Stokes on your side, you've already got four quick. So even if it is, yeah, you you've got to. Like, I agree. With you. You've got to have a spin bowler in your team, and if you're coming onto a deck where you've got a bit of a green top, you've got Ben Stokes to complement your fast bowling. Yeah, I, think, I think quality comes into it. You know, like the West Indies made a generation out of picking four quicks, yeah. and then just like Carl Hooper or Jimmy Adams as a part timer. Yeah, and they were just that good that it didn't matter. But that, that, for me personally, like I say. My team would always have a spinner at because I don't know. It, like, it, there's probably an argument to say that in that West Indies team, there wasn't you know a lot of spinners putting their hand ups to take these really great fast bowlers out of it. But I think in this in this kind of iteration, there's that you've got good spinners and Nathan Lyon is they also have one a of wealth those of fast bowlers that haven't been seen since in any nation. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> and then and then I think the the last spot for me personally would go to. Look, it's it's a really really tough gig, but I guess Stuart Broad gets there. But I'd also say that Stuart Broad was very much helped by an opening partnership by Australia, which was just willing to give their wicket away to him every time they come around. Can't punish Stuart Broad because our bats were yeah, getting out. And that's what I think. I, I could possibly take a debate, and, I, and this is this is a bit of an odd, you know, massive revelation for me. Probably in the same way that um that Rory Burns is for you in the top water is that I'd, I'd possibly have an argument to say that um. Joffre Archer would might have pipped him kind of thing as well because at the end of the day Joffre Archer did bowl well and in in phases took took two sixes in the in the series as well at different times and yeah he was he was proved me wrong but like I say he still hasn't proved me wrong in the sense that he's got the longevity to be a test player but he's definitely got the he can bowl a fast bowling spell that'll get you that'll get you a few wickets and get you right into a test series. Stuart Broad's in there over the top of him just purely because he's he's he keeps doing it he's he's a classy bowler and he's just been doing it for so long okay well the top four I don't need to really talk about I think that's been covered uh, Burns same same Burns Denley Smith um, well not in that order Labuschagne I think I'd have Root in the side um, I don't think I think he's better than what he showed, but like if if you had if he had like maybe a little bit less pressure on him, especially if you put him down at number five, yeah, in your hypothetical test against I don't know South Africa and India, <laughs> you know, <laughs> rest of the um, world, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stokes has to be in there, so yeah, I think Root just I don't know. He's, he's definitely a better player overall than 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 what both Head and, and Wade have shown, and he's better than any of the England players. I get that. Like I very nearly went Root, yeah. But with two hundreds in the series, I felt that was just enough to tip it in Wade's favour. But I'm yeah. certainly not opposed to having Root in that best eleven. I'm frankly yeah. surprised that you went Head over well, over Root. But like, like I say, I think I think it's, it all comes down to important moments as well in tests, and I think there yeah. was. Look, you know, I, 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 I just went ahead because I just think that he, he showed a bit of gumption for me. This is like something head. that was, oh man, I love head. And <laughs> Travis is not is a bad talk either. But um, <laughs> he's um, yeah. I just think it's it's all about important moments, and he, he had a few pretty good important moments for me. And definitely the the stats aren't quite in my favour in that in that instance. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so Ben Stokes is obviously in there. 
whether he can well yeah I guess whether he can bowl or not he's fit everyone's yeah, fit yeah, yeah. and I guess I, I didn't see as many mistakes I, I, I must I must have gone to bed earlier and I missed a lot of the mistakes that Johnny Bairstow made but um, if he did make them and, and you guys think that Payne is the better keeper I, I kind of trust you guys on that one <laughs> we, but, um, here's an interesting question though sorry sorry, to kind of interrupt you midstream but if you if you were selecting out of all four keepers in Joss Butler Matthew Wade I'd probably Johnny take Bester. Wade as the keeper as long as he still batted on a good level because yeah. 30, 35 as a keeper is a good average yeah Especially, yeah, the two hundreds, but and arguably he's making more again, runs. Then again, if he's batting at seventies, he might not have made those hundreds because he might have run out of partners. But um, anyway, um, yeah, so I'll go with Payne at seven, and then for the bowlers, I suppose Nathan Lyon is the spinner, but Jack Jack Leach, Leach did pretty well. I know I know that he's milking it for all all it's worth with the whole you know made one run and stuck around, but. Considering that he wasn't in the first test, Moen Alley was the the first option, and they brought him straight in. He did pretty well. I'm probably still picking Lyon, but I, I don't think it's as as clear cut as, as for me personally. I just think Jack Leach was more of we played dumb shots to Jack Leach, and that's how he got out. Whereas. They were defending a lot more balls from Nathan. If, if it helps you out, uh, Leach. Took 12 wickets for 25 with a 4 for 49. At, at, at 25? For his series. Yeah. And Lyon took 20 wickets at 33. So he had eight more wickets in one more game. Yeah, but. Uh, Lyon went at 2.7 and over, and Leach went at over three. Hmm. I do think Leach picked so up. Leach's strike rate would have been much better though. Leach had a strike rate of fifty, and Lyon had a strike rate of ooh, Gary, what are you doing, mate? Seventy-two. Yeah, I'll pick um, Leach. I'll pick Leach over Lyon just on the basis of this series. Um, this well, series only. The numbers actually back you up there a bit, I guess. But I, I also think that I, I think Gary he, Gary bowled a lot more balls. Obviously, I know. think Leach chipped in. Like he picked up a couple of cheap wickets towards the end. There, he knocked over the tail. Um, uh, the tail chipped it to Joe Root. He picked up a few wickets. But yeah, like he yeah. bowled well. He bowled. Uh, like, like I say, yeah, just the, the prevailing opinion for me. And you, you talk about a bit of kind of the gut feel for the for what you're watching and kind of you're missing a few things here and there. But every time I was watching Leach. Every time we get a he get a wicket would be we were playing dumb shots and we were giving our wicket to him as opposed yeah, to but that's, they, yeah, they were on their guard to line the whole spinners time. Spinners' jobs are to draw you into those dumb shots. You yeah, know? yeah like, but there's a difference between a guy who's playing his you know his first proper test series or full test yeah. series as opposed to a guy who is. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're not saying Leach is the better player. Obviously. No, no, but that's, that's, had a horrible that's my defence for him. That's my defence for him. Yeah, this, yeah. In this instance. Yeah, so I think for the series, Jack Leach was the better spinner, and um, I'm. A, I'm going to have to pick the two English um, seamers as well. Obviously, Paddy Cummins. Oh, so you're dropping Hazelwood. I'm dropping Hazelwood, which is, which is annoying because I I picked him as my... Can I just, can I just sit here and say that I've picked... I, I almost picked Joff Roger in my team, the guy who I slanged off. And then Glenno, Glenno's picked 
Josh Hazelwood to be the top wicket taker in this yeah, series, yeah. and he's dropped him from his team. What's well, going on with these no, selections? It's, 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 <laughs> I'm loving it at the same time. Well, look, it's, there's, there was four really standout bowlers for the series, and they're all fast bowlers, and Archer, Hazelwood, Cummins, and Broad, and you have to leave one of them out. And you say that, yeah, Joffrey did go missing, um, but... Hazelwood went missing at a more important time. He went missing when Stoke was uh, just going nuts at the end of Headingley. Like, but that's, he just couldn't get him out. He kept on bowling length balls and, and Stokes kept on clubbing him for six. Yeah. Like, I, know, I, I just feel like Hazelwood bowled really well throughout the series but really lost it when it came to... But I think that's the problem. Someone really coming at him. I'll just like I don't think you could go wrong with any any four of those quicks. But just so you've got some clarity around that, so Josh Hazelwood played four matches, bowled eight innings, 161 overs to 156 for Archer. Hazelwood bowled 43 maidens to 34 for Archer. 437 runs to 446. So he's bowled five more overs for. 11 less runs. Yeah. 20 wickets for Hazelwood, 22 for Archer. 21 average for Hazelwood, 20 and a half for Archer. 2.7 economy versus 2.85. So well, it's, it's all it's, really it's close. close. It's, 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 it's close. Yeah. So then you have to look at the concept. Archer does give you that point of difference as well, having that 90 mile per hour, you know, angry, head-hunting fast bowler. Like, I don't, I don't think you can go wrong with any, any combination of those four. So... It would have been interesting to see Mitchell Stark play a few more tests too. Well, it would have been interesting to have him to at least played one more. Well, I think that's the point as well. As you sit there and say that the important time. Can we pick a eleven? Sure. Um, well, you'd sure. have you'd have. Uh, but the, the important yeah, times well, for Josh Hazelwood three. were. You've got to have that like for like bowler, and I think that that was the big criticism of our selection during this test was that with the this test series was that we did pick Stark in that Headingley test and if we might have picked him like arguably the first innings doesn't go the same way but the second innings we probably would have cleaned up the tail oh, Stark, should have, like, Stark should have played the last three tests he should have played Headingley he played Old Trafford he should have played the Oval but yeah. it's so, ancient history now for me yeah I mean I, I just I've got to think about that last session at Headingley and how Josh Hazelwood kind of imploded there. Coming out of that, we had some pretty close 11s. Top orders largely looking the same. A yeah. few... They picked themselves, really. Well, we had... Well, same batting lineup. We all went with one different. You had Root, I had Wade, you had Head as the difference. The bowlers, we all... Well, we went with Broad. You know, Broad instead of Archer. And you went with... Um, Hazelwood oh sorry Hartridge instead of Hazelwood so Ooh, and I went with Leach and Leach as a spinner so yeah pretty close like we you know and it's a series obviously the hard, the hardest thing would be picking the bowlers the bowlers had a far better series can I just say my 12th man was Sam Curran <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah dudded dudded it, it, hashtag dudded that brings our Ashes coverage to an end which is uh, oh, it's sad it, to say but I'm happy retain the Ashes we would have liked three one. I know I would have liked three one. Um, but we got two all. Got the ashes back. We've got no, to wait another few. None years. of us picked two all. I went two one. Well, we haven't had a drawn series in since nineteen seventy two. I think was the last time we had a drawn series. So yeah. it's been a while. 
So yeah, next week, Uncharted Territories. We don't have a Ashes Games a preview or review, so we're going to have some oh. exciting non-Ashes-related content for everybody. So um, feel free to come in and join us on our uh, Twitter page or our Facebook page and throw up anything you'd like to hear yeah. us have a chat about. We're open to suggestions, absolutely. We'd, lo- we'd, love, to have a, we'd love to have a... Let's get a mail-in session <laughs> at P.O. Box. No, <laughs> no. They I mean, still have P.O. Box. Is that a thing? I don't think they'd use one because it's not going to get to us in time. I think I saw, I think I saw one at the uh, the muse- like the National Museum in Canberra. There was an old P.O. Box there. <laughs> but yeah, do like in all seriousness, leave a review via our various platforms. You know. If you came for I, something, yeah. we'll, we'll have content out next week, but I'd lo- we'd love to do a, a fan yeah. segment. Throw an idea away. Hear, want to hear our opinions on something in particular. If it's something a bit too far-fetched, we may have to look it up because uh, obviously our area of expertise is primarily Australian cricket. So if you want us to do a deep dive on the uh, ins and outs of the Bangladesh first-class system, we're probably not going to give you what, we, what you want to talk about. But Let's sum up in a few words. What do you reckon about this, this whole series? How, how would you describe it in a few oh, look, words? Amazing, resilient, like just a spectacular series. I, as I said, the series, not Steve Smith. Oh, well, <laughs> Steve Smith is the series. Yeah, well, let, let's be realistic here. Smith was the series. So just discussing this World Te- Test Championship as it's, um, as it's panned out. So India have played two match series, won both of them 120 points, which is what's on offer for a series. New Zealand and Sri Lanka have played in a two-test series at a one win and one loss, or on 60 points each. And Australia and England played a five-test series, drawn the series as well, two wins, two losses, and a draw. And we're behind on 56 points. And I think that might be something the ICC might need to look at tweaking in future renditions of this tournament is I think maybe if it's a drawn series, regardless of how long the series goes for, teams should end up... I get how they're weighting it so... Obviously, there's more tests in a series, so you can't get 60 points for a win if you're playing five tests, whereas everyone's playing a two-test series and you know they're only getting 60 points. There's more opportunities to to, to gain points. But I, I think, think they should discourage two-test series, though. They're mm. just um, they're just not. I just, but I think the big problem with that is that there's not a lot of five-test series as well. I think, yeah, I think, but three. Surely, if you can do two, you can do three. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I agree with right. that. Absolutely. I, I just don't like the fact that at the end of the day, we've won double the tests that India and Sri Lanka... Sorry, and New Zealand and Sri Lanka have won. And we, at the end of the day, we've still drawn the series and, and we're pick, behind on points. I can, think that should be... If you draw it, it... Should they work it out some way that if the series is drawn, you each team takes a Because obviously yeah. the way it's set up is you get 120 points on offer for the series. If you win, so if it's a two-test series and you win both games, you get 60 points. If it's a three-test series, they're worth 40 points and so on and so forth. But I think if it comes down to the fact that series is drawn by the end of it, then each team needs to walk away with 60 points. So yeah, so that's just my thoughts on that. But it's... um So I think it's a promising start. I'm pretty sure most Australians at this point are happy to write this World Test Championship off for this year it means that we get the ashes but uh, I think it'll start gaining a bit of popularity and moving forward but yeah I think that's something that yeah just needs to be tweaked for moving forward obviously it's a very it's a brand new concept and a lot of work's gone into it to try and make things fair and equitable I also do think that away series wins yeah that's the big needs one. to be probably we, we brushed emphasized on that moving forward so 
I'm not sure how they'll end up looking, but it's, you know. it's got to be worth double for me. Yeah, I think so as well. Well, yeah, I mean, even India would would admit that last year in Australia was was one of their great achievements. Yeah, and that was against a yeah, largely yeah. understrength team, and, and they still they still took like took a very long time to do it. Like they probably should. You know, they up they think of winning in Australia exactly how we think of winning in India. Or England, yeah, so we're, yeah, yeah. it means a lot to them. Kind so of final frontier, it's, it's alien frontier. conditions, and in, and in this and in this era where no one travels well, to be honest, it was the last team that really travelled well was probably the was probably South Africa. I mean, this current Indian team is travelling well, but I just I'm putting a little bit of an asterisk on that because they just beat Australia that didn't have Warner and Smith, like not taking anything away. India were, were um, much better than us in that series and thoroughly deserved the win, but it. I think even the most devout Indian fans would probably be thinking that um, with Steve Smith in the side, especially the Steve Smith that just tore England apart, they I, probably don't win that series. Yeah, I've, I've actually been enjoying um, reading some of the comments on the uh, the YouTube clips of Smith scoring runs, and there's a lot of um, Indian fans actually talking about how well he's doing, so... They're not, they're not as one-eyed as, as you'd think some of the time. I think they enjoy like, good batting. They, yeah, they, they do, do enjoy good batting. Yeah, yeah they, they, they like their batting more than bowling. But yeah, that's I think, fine. I think Jasper Broomer is changing that around. They're, no, they're true, getting like, really behind Broomer there. Well, how can you not? I mean, <laughs> the guy's brilliant. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this episode. It's been a it's been a big one, a bit of an epic one. Lots of stuff behind the scenes here. So, like I said, ashes are done. Moving forward, some brand new content coming your way next week, where we will we won't have we won't have an active test series to talk about. So we will uh, might have some some oh, inner yeah. inner thoughts from we've us. We've got to get creative. Get man. some create creativity. Get creative. Oh, we've got we've got plenty of things to talk about. But it's been uh been great having you. Thank you. We've made it to ten episodes. So looking forward to have plenty more yeah. coming your way. See you guys. See ya. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.